Good morning, everyone. We welcome you to our Sunday morning roundtable discussion with the subject of soul. We are recording today from the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent, Plainfield, New Jersey, in the United States of America. And thank you all so much for joining us. We do appreciate it. We'll start with our morning prayer. I'm reading from page 165 of Miscellany. Goodness never fails to receive its reward, for goodness makes life a blessing. As an active portion of one stupendous whole, goodness identifies man with universal good. Thus may each member of this church rise above the oft-repeated inquiry, what am I? To the scientific response, I am able to impart truth, health, and happiness. And this is the rock of my salvation and my reason for existing. Goodness and benevolence never tire. The best man or woman is the most unselfed. Mary Baker Eddy. It's very beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Certainly goes along with this lesson. All right, Linda, the watching point. Watch number 305. Watch. Sometimes it is helpful to regard sickness as an indication that one's spiritual nature, like a lovely flower, is drooping from lack of proper care. Job's spiritual nature was like the goose that laid the golden eggs. He became so enamored with the eggs that he neglected the goose and it drooped from lack of care. This condition was manifested as sickness and loss. What Job really had was soul sickness, since when he once more began to care for his soul, it revived and he returned to health and prosperity. The life of the soul is in spiritual giving. Man's spiritual nature thrives in pouring out good to others. We care for it properly when we feed it with the bread of life and then pour out spiritual blessings to others. It is a fact in science that spiritual sense will continue to supply us with golden eggs, providing our enjoyment of them does not cause us to value them ahead of their source so that we neglect to care for source as we should. When we give spiritually as we should, God will always provide the means for giving. Beautiful. <laughs> Comments on that. Well, it, it made me think of what my practitioners taught me about give of your light and not your oil. Mm -hmm. You know, like when right. you start giving of your oil, that's when you get depleted. Um, Thank you. Could I say something? Yes. It makes me think about the foolish uh, maidens in terms of Job, you know? When we have our spiritual possibilities and we take care of them, then more abundance shows forth. Thank you. 
Very, very much so. Well, and don't we have don't we have a purpose here on Earth? I mean, what's the second great commandment? <laughs> to love our neighbor, your neighbor as yourself. To love our neighbor as ourselves, which is to see our neighbor as the image and likeness of God and treat them that way. That is, I mean, we have, a, we have an obligation to give spiritually, right? And when we give spiritually, that's when God provides us with the means to give. I mean, it comes through us. I mean, why do we own anything? Right? And we do not own anything. God owns it all. And we must be ever mindful that we don't own anything. And this goes right along with what Florence read about what, what are we here for? We're here to give and to smile and to express love. It's very important. Everyone needs it. Everyone. No pruny faces. Love. So, and I'm, go ahead, Florence. I'm oh, sorry. And no, about that quote, I... Whoops, Florence. It just reminded me of, you know, not walking around with thoughts of others as, oh, when you see somebody walking, I'm talking about myself now, something I did that I really regret. I, I saw a neighbor walking very slowly and, you know, frightened. But instead of thinking rightly about that neighbor, I was, oh, I was feeding into the error. And this really kind of awakened me to, you know, to always walk with the the, the desire to bless instead of to um, go on with the error that we see. And so, and yeah, I think that's it. This is the unselfed <laughs> motive of living. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, so beautiful read from Miscellany. Go ahead. And about that starting quote, I just have to express my gratitude because it was early in my life that I read that very early when I started studying Christian science. And it totally changed my life and it answered the question that I had as a teenager um, about why is it that I'm here and it, it, it was just so wonderful. It will bless anybody that, that quote. Thank you very much. That'll, we can make that into a testimony okay. using that quote because that's exactly true. If you take that quote, if you don't know why you're here, and you take that quote from Mrs. Eddie, it's helped me immeasurably too. There's who, who is exempt from doing what she says? No one is exempt. So if you if you feel you have no life purpose or you're not worth much or anything like that, you identify yourself rightly with that quote. That's what she did. That's what we should all do. We have that purpose to give to others. And, you know, this watching point, it goes perfectly with in science and health. What are the demands of the science of soul? The two demands. What are the two demands? What's the first one? Love God. Love God. Yes. I shall have no other gods before me. The first commandment. The first commandment. No other life, intelligence, substance, but spirit. 
scientific statement of being, imbibe that. And then the second, um, what's the second? We already enabled us yourself. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yes, indeed. Mankind will become perfect in proportion as this fact becomes apparent. War will cease and the true brotherhood of man will be established. Mighty promise. Mighty promise. That sounds pretty good, doesn't it? And, you know, we continuing to see this beautiful example in, in The Chosen with Jesus where he people were mean to him. He loved all the more. He went the extra mile. He, he didn't. And that would change the situation. It changed the situation from one of hate and, and uh, this one and that one to one of, wow, love, loving your bro brother, your neighbor as yourself. Mm -hmm. One of one. Right? <laughs> and and it also in Isaiah, in the lesson, if thou draw out thy soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, then shall thy light rise in obscurity and thy darkness shall be as a noonday. You're depressed. Start thinking of someone. Help somebody. It's this is a principle. It's a rule. Um, you know, we were taught this in this church. Uh, expression is the opposite of depression. And Gary's given those testimonies about it. You know, we've all in this church have had that where to give back, to give, highly important. If you're not doing that, you're not practicing science. So it's very important. We would sometimes get an assignment if Mrs. Evans thought someone was not being loving or expression expressing. You know, you would have to do a, a deed for someone, a silent deed that, that the person would not know about. And you were to do that every day for a week or something like that to get your get you jump started in this. Prime the pump. Prime the pump. <laughs> and I will tell you, it works. You cannot be loving your neighbors yourself and be depressed at the same time. I think I told this before, but there was a grumpy man where I shop and I didn't give up. It took a year. And now he's all smiles. <laughs> now I, I do that too when I go out, especially if you get a waiter or waitress that seems grumpy to pursue it a little bit. Go after them, keep loving them, find out even what's on their mind if you can. Um, because we have the answer and we want to share it. And if you do that as you go out amongst your day, you will have a very happy day. You can't help but. Um Carrie sent me a beautiful article called Flower Giving, <laughs> and you'll be as a watered garden. Anyway, it was about a woman, I guess she was in a car but with a lot, bunch of people in it, and one person was particularly looking very pruney and upset. And this woman in the car had just been given this big, beautiful bouquet of flowers, um, they smell so beautiful. They were such a beautiful color. And she was looking forward to going home and putting them in a in a vase in her living room. But when she saw this person, she thought, well, this person needs a little lift me up. And she thought, 
um, oh, no, 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 no. She won't appreciate it. No, you want to take them home for yourself or she'll 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 think you're being stupid. Like the suggestions you get when you want to give a testimony. Oh, no, 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 no. You don't know that you have nothing to say. No one will appreciate it. No, just be quiet. Um, nobody no, wants to hear from me. Nobody <laughs> wants to hear from me. What do I have to say? I'm just a nobody or whatever else you think. But she overcame those suggestions, which is overcoming animal magnetism, which is why in this church, when you do these things, you become stronger in the Lord because every time you overcome all the suggestions, I can't, I won't, I don't want to, I'm incapable. You have overcome animal magnetism, which will make you stronger, happier, healthier, holier. So she overcame that and she placed, she she separated a few of the beautiful flowers and she put it in the lap of this woman. And it said, the look and the smile which she received in return were enough. She knew that the roses had given their message. So she spent the rest of the time before she got home. She gave out almost all the roses. <laughs> and then at home, she put the one in the vase and she said it, it, it meant more to her than a whole bunch because it represented all the joy that she'd given. She said, there came a great desire to go through the world giving blessings to everyone. And she seemed to see every see everywhere people who had been forlorn and neglected and poor and heart hungry, all with happy faces, carrying bright, fragrant flowers. In place of grayness, there was the color of joy. So, and you know, doing that is such a great blessing to you. I mean, it's reciprocal because what does Mrs. Eddy say in the Lord's Prayer, her spiritual interpretation? Love, love is reflected in love. Love is reflected in love. If you think people are not being loving to you, maybe you need to be more loving to them. Instead of thinking what people are doing to you, think about how are you treating them? It'll make all the difference. It reminds so me, I mentioned, I'm sorry. Elizabeth. Go ahead. Um, the book, The Art of Gentle Blessing, and it just reminds you that, like you just said, every one that you see throughout the day, it's so easy to be on your own little day and going about your stuff and just taking in what you think you're seeing instead of turning it around and knowing what the true picture really is, and it makes such a difference. Wonderful. Thank you. Who else was trying to start? Also I think it's also um, gives you you are already connected you stay connected with God in order to be able to do this so you'll have a right frame of thought as you go out why am I going out okay I'm going to buy second 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 but with that kind of frame of thought it's a blessing to yourself first even before you yeah. Yes, yes. You're in the right state of mind. You're in the giving state rather than in the, what what's in this for me. Okay, who else was trying to speak? I, I was going to say that uh, there was a president, I don't recall who, who said, it's not what you can do, what the country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Yeah. Right. JFK. JFK, yes, indeed. <laughs> Thank you. That's right. That is true. 
always wondering what we can get from our government, our country, rather than what can we give um, to our country. Yeah. I, I know someone, she's of the Portuguese, but she was just telling me yesterday how, uh, well, there's a very tight-knit community here in New Jersey and Newark and Elizabeth. They're very tight-knit, but anytime anybody is in any kind of trouble, the word will go out and they will have a fundraiser and they'll, they'll raise thousands of dollars. That's what they do. I mean, that's what we all should do. It shouldn't be a certain group of culture or race or anything. We should all be that way. And generally speaking, I think Americans are, we are known to be a very generous country. Mm-hmm. And we're also known, you know, we can be all fighting with each other, but then there's some emergency and everybody gets together and helps. Just like siblings. Yeah, yeah right. Just like siblings. That's it. Everybody gets together. And that's who we, and it's known. That's who, that's who helps us, not the government, our neighbors, each other. And we should all be willing to, to do that, whatever it takes to help each other. So, and this is all part of soul. And, and Shardy, read what you found, because this is some of my favorite statements from Big Del Young about what soul is. This is part of it. I'll just read. Yes. Big Del Young. The one who is demonstrating soul will not seek to do it. But the beauty of the soul will be manifested in his surroundings. Soul particularly stands for the things that beautify human that beautify human experience and make life more enjoyable. Soul is a word that signifies beauty, happiness, harmony, peace, and so on. Soul is the spontaneity of knowing. Without process, soul is the isness of all. Soul is the substance of all beauty, the principle, the activity, the law of all that is beautiful. It is the impulsion of all true expression. Man is a state of revelation, spontaneously showing forth soul. He who believes that he has a soul in his body will have to get rid of that belief. There is nothing to that at all. There is just one spirit, one soul, and that is God. Soul is the divine mind, and it is that particular quality of infinity that expresses itself in infinite beauty and the grandeur throughout creation. Thank you. You could tell how much Big Del Young loves soul, and he was a musician. And you know, you'll you'll speak of musicians having soul, right? <laughs> ones that play or sing with soul. The good ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it, it is expression of God. A child asked me about. Well, what about soul food? I said that's the same thing. <laughs> it is. It is done with with care and love, yeah. and it's delicious. It's true. An artist, too, I think. Artists bring soul into their drawings because they have the inspiration from God and, you know, expression. That's for sure. Yes, I think they're always soul-filled. This is really true because the work comes from God. It doesn't come from anyone else. 
Yes. When the work is from God, then it's a flow. It's God's work. Yes, indeed. Thank you. Man is not a personal creator. No. Wait, this is this is most important. This idea of soul, because um, it will bring such beauty and happiness into your life when you express it. And as Mrs. Eddy says, soul has infinite resources to bless man. Infinite. So you cannot be lacking when you're in touch with soul. So infinite supply for everyone. No one excluded. I have to express my gratitude for what Christian science has taught me about soul because I was told, I think like most people, that it's like a soul that is in our body. And it just changed my life to understand God as soul instead of, of something being in my body. And this is what I knew. It was from a Catholic background, but I think many denominations teach that. And it totally changed my perspective about everything and, and really affected my life in a really great way to learn soul as is taught in Christian science and incorporeal and that the unlimited cannot be in a limited body and all those good things that I learn in Christian science. Thank you. That'll make another good testimony. Thank you. Because when you say these things, they help others um, and, and correct misconceptions that we might be having. Now, I just want to take a moment here. Um, you know, we mentioned a few weeks ago about Tony doing these sh shorts. They're called YouTube shorts. Perhaps most of you know what those are. Um, and he's been doing them on Christian Science, Mrs. Eddy. And they're very beautiful, and they're reaching a lot of people. And he he did say early on, if he wasn't intending for him to do this by himself for indefinitely, so if others would like to help in some way, make a short or volunteer to read or, or come up with the idea, what is Tony? You want to say anything? It has to be a minute, right, or less than a minute. You want me to speak right now under a minute? I can't do that. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, thank you. So I will help you with your laptop. I'll help you with the microphones. I'll help you with all that. What I'm looking for are just the inspired thoughts around an idea or a topic. And then we'll put it to beautiful pictures and videos and get it out there to introduce people to Mary Baker Eddy, Christian Science, and Plainfield. Um, all the members, wherever you are, if you have a laptop, I can help you. Isn't that wonderful? How Thanks. do we get in touch with you, Tommy? Um, contact the, uh, I guess, the church or the clerk, and we can yeah. get you, you know, my, my email address and my phone number, and I'm happy to work with you at any time. Just email Thank you so much. That's beautiful. And and does he have to be a member because you said member or attendee? Is that okay? No, we're looking for inspired ideas, so you have to be inspired. Okay. Just yes. email jeremy at plainfieldcs.com, and I'll get you all in touch, okay? Thank you so much. Thank you all. Thank you. I, I must say that the, the, the fact that the 
textbook is being featured all the time on the shorts. It's, it's beautiful, really beautiful. It, 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 it is out there. Yeah. To know. yeah, it's that actual photograph of the cover of Science and Health. Um, and it is. It's getting it out there. And Mrs. Eddy said her textbook will do the work. Thank you. All right. In, in the responsive reading, it has very beautiful responsive reading. Um, so much in that just in itself. And once again, we are back to the 23rd Psalm, which is so full of meaning for all of us. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And then he restoreth my soul. Um, one of the definitions we know of soul uh, is also spiritual sense. Your, sen your spiritual senses in order for you to hear God. Uh, and that's one thing God restores to us when we feel we've lost it, that ability to hear God. See, see, feel, all of those. Um, and it's done entirely through this, the spiritual sense. Uh, Louise sent me a couple of beautiful things about the 23rd Psalm and restoring my soul. She got the 1828 Dictionary of Restore to return a lost thing, to replace to a former place, bring back, recover, heal, Cure makes restoration of something taken. Repair, rebuild, revive, resuscitate, bring back to life. Return after absence, renew, reestablish after an interruption. And then she writes, I've been dwelling on the fact that all healing is really about the restoration of some sense of loss. When seeking healing, we need to have returned to us something that we seem to have lost. We need to be brought back to the true sense of ourselves as the perfect children of our perfect loving father, mother, God. We need to have a false sense removed and the true sense of life resuscitated. We need the reestablishment of our true selfhood as the prodigal son had to come to himself, return to his true sense of self, replace his false sense of mortal selfhood and to be brought back to the father's house. And um, the original definition of the word disease is lack of a loss of ease, discomfort, uneasiness, Trouble, disquiet, annoyance, injury. Now, all of these definitions are so helpful. Certainly that definition of, of restore. And then this of disease, too, because usually this happens, you know, before you get so-called sick. You're just uneasy, troubled, disquieted, you're annoyed, some kind of injury. That's when you catch it early on. So it doesn't seem to run a course, which it does not have to do because God never said it. All right. And then she sent a very beautiful article um, by a Catherine English, 1934 issue of a journal, God's Law of Restoration. And she writes here, if we are oppressed by a sense of loss. And think about it. Have you lost something? 
you lost your health, you lost some personal item you value, lost a friend. If we are oppressed by a sense of loss, we may apply the law of God and find the good we are seeking. For this law, as it is obeyed, restores lost innocence and joy, lost health and strength, lost friendship, banished love. These are found in the kingdom of heaven, where alone we can find the real and eternal. There they have always been, and there they are kept intact for us to claim, guarded by God's unchanging, powerful law, which is always at work, no matter what personal sense may falsely declare. And of course, we find all these things as, as spiritual. She says, we should claim all that era tells us we have lost, whether it be love, joy, peace, activity, health, prosperity, keenness, power, vision, efficiency, or position. God's gifts cannot be lost because they exist in him. If we keep our spiritual gifts in constant use, we shall be in no danger of losing sight of them. But we must remember their spiritual gifts. Because otherwise, as, as the watching point says, we start thinking about the, the eggs instead of the goose. Yeah, we're all, in, we're all involved with the eggs and all that we're going to get, materially get. And we forget it's God and spiritual gifts. And in, in keeping them there, it's impossible to lose. Then this, should Eric claim that some so-called vital physical organ is being consumed or is deteriorating according to a supposed law of mortal mind, of medicine or physiology? We can declare and realize that life is God and that God's law of restoration is now at hand and must be applied in our consciousness. The understanding of will replace error with truth, will remove discord and restore health. And then a quote from Science and Health. These changes which go on in mortal mind serve to reconstruct the body. Divine love restores our spiritual sense of life, health, and identity through the law of love. It's a beautiful article. It goes to anything you could think of being lost. I mean, your freedom. If, if we are robbed of our rights and they're interfered with, we can appeal to the law which provides for the return of that which is lost. There's nothing you can lose in God. And Mrs. Eddy says that too, doesn't she? She says that directly. You can't lose anything that God gives. Joseph and Daniel prove that. Joseph and Daniel. Thank you. Many, many illustrations of this. Does it happen overnight when you want it because you're so mad you lost something and you've got to have it right away? Maybe, but maybe not. Certainly didn't with Joseph. But he was still where he needed to be. He was where he needed to be, doing what he needed to do, fulfilling God's plan for him, not getting all, getting his nose out of joint, just kept doing the right thing. And his, all his needs were supplied during that whole time. <clears throat> he was never really without. God was with him. And he was blessing everyone that he came in contact with. And finally, all that was restored. Everything was restored to him. <clears throat> and then there's also this, this story in the Bible. I just love it so much. And I, I wrote a short article about it. But <clears throat> there's a helpful story in the Bible which we can benefit from today. 
David and his men returned from battle and found that their city had been invaded and burned. Their wives, sons, and daughters had been taken captive. I mean, you can imagine. The Bible says David was greatly distressed. His men were distraught and weeping. But at this critical moment, David encouraged himself in the Lord. David prayed to God and asked him for guidance. Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And God answered, Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. So guess what? He recovered, and yes, he did. It was all recovered. So whether your loss seems to be financial, physical, emotional, encourage yourself in the Lord. Pray to your God. He is an ever-present help, and he will surely show you the way out of any difficulty. God can and will recover all to you as certainly as he did for David. And then this beautiful quote that I love from Edward Kimball, Lectures and Articles. Be not afraid. You can be a law unto yourself, a law of recovery from disease, a law to your business, a law of harmony to your welfare and your own household and all things in your life because God gave man dominion and you are entitled to it. In this very hour, you are entitled to be a law of recovery to your own self. Wow. You work with that, it will change everything. But again, this is not seeking matter. This is seeking your spiritual sense. God restores anything that that you seem to have lost. Whatever it is, we listed a whole, I mean, the list could go on and on and on. You are are a law of recovery to your own self if you know it and if you're working in spirit, in soul. It'll all come back just as it did to David. I went most of my lifetime not knowing that story. I don't think it was ever in a a Boston um, quarterly, not that I know of. But I read that. I said, wow, what a story. Oh, my gosh. And we've had it in our, our lessons. It's just a wonderful story. He encouraged himself, and he got it all back. I think we had a Bible study about it, too. Did we? A long time ago. Yes. Yes, I remember. Yes. So, and this is when you, so when you say that, he restoreth my soul, think about all that he restores unto you. First, in restoring your soul, your spiritual sense. And in Mrs. Eddy's interpretation of the 23rd Psalm, what word does she use? Love. Love. Throughout the interpretation, right? So, if you need to be restored <laughs> and you're not being loving well you're blocking up the whole process <laughs> for Mary I wanted to say another <laughs> thing that we might need restoring is our perfect eyesight because you know we've been so led to believe that around the number 40 we're going to need to wear reading glasses because our eyesight won't be as perfect anymore And you have a wonderful article by John Morgan, True Vision, 
and it works with soul a lot. And um, because soul is the spiritual sense, it's not left to material faculty. And it's um, it's a really restoring article. Thank you. Yes, I love that article. And every every time, like this week, the subject soul, I work with what John Morgan says on that in True Vision, because it's not even it's not just good for your eyesight. It's good for everything. It's such a beautiful mm-hmm. yes. And all of you should be familiar with it. I keep that True Vision by John Morgan. Um, and yeah, actually, in, in one of these lists, it did mention vision. And as I've said, Mrs. Eddie, in, in Science and Health, soul, that's part of your, your spiritual sense. Vision, mm-hmm. hearing, all of those things, they cannot be lost. And also, if you work with what, what we work with, what is it called? Daily Things to Work With by Mrs. Oh, yeah. Eddie. Things to Handle Daily. Yeah. Oh, that's, yes. Mm-hmm. There's something, declare daily. Your vision cannot be lost. Your Your joints... <laughs> work normally mm-hmm. so that we think age takes from us the hell you say okay <laughs> i think you know when i think of uh god maintaining our perfection i'm missing like so what makes us think that something can take this any any part of this away you know it's just wake up we will have to wake up to see what god is doing he if he maintains the perfection that he has created who or what can take anything away from Hmm. who or what and this is again thou shall have no other gods before me because if you think who or what can take it away from you then you're not you're having another god your other god is who Hmm. or what Hmm. no God didn't say it. It's not being said. But this is active. You've got to do it all the time. You can't have these periods where you tune out, zone out, or whatever. It's got to be always with you. God, very present. He's our shepherd. We shall not want. And then he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. That and we've we've talked about this before because I again I have this posted in my Bible the definition of righteousness from 1828 and I think I think Karen gave it to us again recently purity of heart and rectitude of life conformity of heart and life to the divine law nearly equivalent to holiness comprehending holy principles and affections of the heart. Conformity of life to the divine law. It includes all we it includes all we call justice, honesty, virtue, with holy affections. In short, it is true religion. Another beautiful definition to think about. And so what is this saying? God leadeth leadeth us into these paths of righteousness, purity of heart, rectitude of life. Um, conformity of heart and life to the divine law. It's a beautiful thought that he does this for us. For, and why? For his namesake. So what does that mean? Glorify God. Thank you. For him, not for you, but for him. <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful. So and if you know of someone who seems to have gone off this course, this path of righteousness you can know 
that God is leading them into that path for his name's sake. And you don't have to force it. You just know God is doing it. And that is that is how we love our neighbor as ourselves. To see him or her as the image and likeness of God. I mean, God leads us here because this because we are God's manifestation. We are the manifestation of God. So we can't we can't help but be led by God. And if we get led astray, well, whatever leads us astray doesn't have the power to keep us astray. And that's why everybody has hope. Yeah, and it, again, it is the Adam dream. You know, it's not really the truth, and that's where we have the dominion over it. It's, it's a, a dreaming a dream, just like the prodigal son went out and dreamt a dream for a while, but he came to his senses. Um, and that's but, why the science of Christianity is the answer to everything. Everything. And it's written in our inward parts. Isn't that wonderful? Mm. Yes. It's all there within us. The kingdom of God is within us. Now, this article, and this article is the 23rd Psalm by a Henry Nunn, 1898 issue of the journal, sent to us by Karen. But he says, and it's a beautiful article, air has seemed a dull man's perception, just as smoke glasses held before the eyes make all objects appear indistinct and blurred to mortal sin. Now, when you indulge in material living and material activity, if you're lured into it for whatever reason, getting too involved with your business or family or, or whatever, where you, you know you're, you're feeling like you're crossing a line, that, that's, that's going to dull your perception. People that are deep into it, they don't get it. They can't see what God is and what God does. Certainly brought out in the chosen with the Pharisees. They don't have a clue. And then they're so full of self-righteousness and um, self-justification that Jesus can't even reach them. So beware of that as you come out of that material state of thought, of thinking. That you're made materially and you have material problems and just all that it would claim of you. As you come out of it and know that is not you, stay out of it. Stay out of it. In this next season of The Chosen, it shows what, ha what happens to Judas, what, what is happening to him. You know, he came out of it to a degree, but he's tempted by all this money and materiality and maybe the success he once had. It's, it's so plain it's such a good representation this chosen of what goes on and spiritually and also in mortal mind um so very well thought out and well done all right so let's see um there's one other thing that was brought out in an article that carrie sent about um the healing of of in Nain, you know, the dead. The sun. The sun, yes. And it, it brought out in those times when there was a funeral pro 
procession. Everyone joined in, you know, mourning and walking mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. and and. <laughs> How we we got to stop that procession. That's a recession of mortal mind, misery and feeling bad and carrying on. And Jesus stopped it, didn't he? He stopped it. Yeah. Stop it. <laughs> he them. Like again, like the chosen, the fish all going in one direction, a few fish going in the other direction. Don't let that don't let that procession of mortal mind, you know, roll you over. Be, be part of what turns it around and goes the other direction. Don't don't be in the currents of mortal mind, as Mrs. Eddy puts it. And also in the healing of the blind man, well, the one, and actually this was in the newest chosen about the where he makes mud, you know. Which why would why would he do that? But it, this article says that, um, and it's interesting that because some people need a sign, right, that you're doing something. Like you take a pill or you got to do something. You can't just <laughs> pray. So, Jesus, yeah, yeah, made him put mud on his eyes. Yeah, put mud on. <laughs> now this is, yeah, and, and it gave him perhaps helped his faith a little bit, which was an interesting, mm-hmm. I'm probably true. <laughs> um, <laughs> people sometimes need something, you know, a pat on the back or I, I don't know, but the, just this idea. Plus, he was forced to go wash it off. He he had yeah. to listen and obey that. He did. And also, you know, Jesus, it gave Jesus time to to go away without the guy really recognizing who he was. That's right. Thank you. Yeah. So, and there are many examples, you know, of Jesus asking people to do things like rise up out of your bed. And they had to do something. You couldn't. They had to. Do something, not just sit there in their bed and but get up and do something. And and we all must. We all must make that effort to get out of mortal mind. Get out of the sick bed. Make the effort. And God blesses that. Now Nancy sent something very beautiful too. I, I don't know whether we'll read have time to read the whole thing. I'll just maybe summarize a few points, but she did it on Lead me in thy truth and teach me, for thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. And I love that thought about God leading us all day long, teaching us, yeah, showing us the path. And our, um, and it says waiting, about waiting all the day, continually, always. He was really dependent upon him at all times, the psalmist. And he felt that dependence. It is always true that we are dependent upon God for everything. Everything. And if you keep that in your heart and mind and soul, you will you will be with the Father all day and all night. It takes some work and practice, but it's well worth it. It's better than the other alternative. So... There's so many beautiful things, you know, and the lesson I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Not just one of your fears, not just a few, all your fears. But you have. And um, soul has infinite resources with which to bless mankind and happiness would be more readily attained and more be, be more secure in our keeping if sought in soul. 
Higher enjoyments alone can satisfy the cravings of immortal sense. So and with that, we will end on this another beautiful article sent to us by Carrie about happiness. This is uh, Louise Knight Wheatley, and the article is entitled Man's Heritage of Joy. And this is an excerpt, and she writes, <clears throat> In a certain quiet room, there stands a vase of iridescent glass, delicately sensitive to the tint of any flower confided to its care. All day long, it sparkles like a fleck of imprisoned rainbow, flinging out soft blues and purples and opalescent rose color, a thing of perpetual beauty, changing its hues each hour as the sunshine shifts its point of view. But it is when the sunshine goes away and evening shadows creep into the room that it grows most beautiful of all in the eyes of its possessor. For while it loses its color, it still shines on, like some clear, steady little star, long after everything else, it has melted into darkness. Everything else around it has melted into darkness. Thus it reminds one of the true Christian scientist, lifting his gaze above the clouds of sense, rejoicing in the sunshine, merging himself with delicate self-effacement into the general harmony of his surroundings, a source of unfailing light and gladness to all about him. In miscellaneous writings, our leader says, the lives of great men and women are miracles of patience and perseverance. Every luminary in the constellation of human greatness, like the stars, comes out in the darkness to shine with the reflected light of God. This is page 340. Your joys, said Jesus, no man taketh from you. Then shine on, little star. Who knows how many are watching for your light? Who knows how many, now wandering afar in the darkness, shall see your steady glow and come out from among the shadows to find, as you have found, the eternal sunshine of love's abiding presence. Shine on, little star. <laughs> Thank you all for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.